0: Hello, and welcome to Thrive, a podcast that gives you strategies and inspiration to help you live your best life.
1: Learn from us, two cancer survivors, as we show you how we don't just survive, but thrive. This episode of Thrive, the podcast with Garth and Dara, is sponsored by Raw Vibe Designs, creator of beautiful jewelry using natural stones. My favorite is the tri-necklace made with quartz stone, and I wear it every day. The triangle represents mind, body, spirit, and is all about healing and love. It reminds me each time I look in the mirror to take care of my body, mind, and spirit. You can get one also by checking out rawvibe.com and using coupon code THRIVE for a 10% discount with free shipping.
0: Hey, I'm Garth Callahan, the original napkin notes dad. I'm a seven-time cancer survivor. More importantly, I've been writing notes to my daughter, Emma, and sticking them into her lunch ever since kindergarten.
1: Hi, I'm Dara Kurtz, author of the book Crush Cancer, the book I needed when I heard those terrifying words, You Have Cancer, available on Amazon, and creator of CrazyPerfectLife.com. Welcome back
0: we are so lucky to have a fantastic guest today i've been giddy about this in my own way mm. and i'd like to introduce our audience to rachel macy stafford she is known as the hands-free mama and i have been following her for i honestly can't remember how long but it's been a really long time and i remember one of my friends casually brought her up to me And said oh you know garth your kind of mindset meshes well you should read about her and you should take a look at her stuff and shortly after that so this is how big of a fan i am and she can see me right now so here are three of her books that i have i just pulled them from my bookshelf and i only keep books that i plan on reading more than once so these are really important to me to have on my bookshelf. And I read this article that she had written a blog post about the six words that you should say to your children. And I don't even know if I can share this without tearing up. Basically, it said, you know, college athletes, one of the things that they most remembered from their childhood was when their parents came to the games and they said these very six critical words. I love to watch you play. And the moment that I read that article, it completely altered how I approached all of Emma's softball games. And I can't tell you how many games that I've been to since then, but every time I went into those games with that attitude. And I really influenced other parents. It wasn't what the ump said. It wasn't what the coach did badly. It was our job to be there to love to watch our children play. And I'll shut up about that because I could go on and on and on and welcome very much. And thank you for coming on with us.
2: Oh, well, that was so special. I just feel like you just gave me such a gift. Thank you for that. Yes, I'm, I'm Rachel Macy Stafford. I am um, the New York Times bestselling author of Hands Free Mama and Garth showed my other books. And I'm also a special education teacher. So I started my journey. Like eight years ago, when I was in a really bad place, just completely distracted, completely stretched to my maximum capacity. I was focused on all the wrong things. And I had a pretty painful epiphany one day when I was out for a run. When I was answering the question, you know, that I got all the time, it was such a compliment, which was, How do you do it all, Rachel? And I was like, you know, maybe you should answer that honestly for once. And the answer was, I can do it all because I miss out on life. I miss out on the moments that matter. The moments like the laughing, the playing, the breathing, the resting, the connecting. And those moments that I'm missing, I'm not going to be able to get back. And so that was just a moment that was very painful, but... At the same time, it was hopeful because I truly believe that when you are willing to go in and face those really hard truths, that's when the change can start to occur. And that's when you can start to do things differently. And that's exactly what I did. I People think it's weird because I started sharing my journey online, which they were like, wait a second, didn't you just say you were going hands-free and now you're putting it online? But I really needed that accountability. And I really just wanted to share what I was experiencing because I was just making these really small changes to be more present, to grasp more joy, to let go of the things that didn't matter. And I was having some really beautiful responses in my family. And I thought, okay, I think this is what I'm supposed to do with my life. And it wasn't long into that journey when your friend wrote to me and told me that Garth was writing these napkin notes to his daughter every day. And I was like, ooh, I could get on board with this. You know, this mindful, intentional act that you did every day regardless of how much time you had, how you were feeling, you set aside those 60 seconds to do it every day. And you realized that she was getting excited every day to see what was in her lunch, that note. And then she started ripping them apart and creating this book. And then you thought, okay, this really means something. And so I, of course, became a huge fan of yours. And then, you know, I watched you blow up and the whole world got to know about you and what you're doing. And so I love that because of what we were doing, you know, showing up for the messages that we feel like we're supposed to give the world that that our messages, you know, intersected. And so I'm super happy to be here today to chat with you both.
0: Isn't it nice to finally realize what you want to do when you grow up? (laughs)
1: yes it is well I love how you said that you were running and you were thinking that people always said to you how do you do it all and they congratulated you for that because I feel like so many times we feel like we have to do it all and then that realization that when we do it all, things are kind of falling through the cracks. And like you yeah. re- realized, it was the joy and the laughter and all of those little moments that we have with our families that are so important that you really can't measure. And I think our society really likes to measure things. You, mm-hmm. And I I just love that you recognize that in yourself and you had the courage to really ask yourself some hard questions and then share it and put it out there. And of course, people responded to what you were saying because so many people feel that way.
2: Well, and that is something that I've realized, especially recently, as I'm now raising a tween and a teen, (laughs) you know, I started this eight years ago when they were pretty small. And I felt like the world was distracted at that time. But now, oh my goodness, you know, it is really quite troublesome how (laughs) attached we are to our devices, how productivity driven we are and how we, you know, there's so many pressures, like you said, People are focused on the measurements. They want to know, what have you accomplished? You know, now that I have daughters who are going into middle and high school, I'm so very thankful that I've learned these ways of living intentionally and creating these important boundaries between tech and life and modeling them for my girls. You know, I started this journey because I was missing my life. But now I'm seeing that modeling for my children is the best gift that I could give them because they're going to have to navigate their digital lives. They're going to have to know how do I feed my soul? And it's not by scrolling Instagram. You get on that phone and you start to scroll and you just lose track of time. You start drifting into territories that are not what your values are or not what you need to fill your purpose, really. So I feel very grateful that I'm on this path. And I'm able to not only help my
1: family, but other people as well. So I have a question for you about that. When you first started, and like you said, you have teenage daughters, was your husband fully on board with regards to the technology changes that you wanted to make? And where is he with all of that?
2: Okay. That's a good question. Well, so my husband is not at all like me. (laughs) We're, (laughs) We're completely opposite, which is good. He's just more relaxed, carefree, able to let things go. And I'm just really type A. So he does not have like the compulsion to be on top of things and check things. He's very good about, he gets done with his work day and he's present with us. So he had been one of those people in my life that had noticed that I was changing and I was losing my joy and I was very stressed out. So I started secretly doing my hands-free strategies. I didn't tell anyone for a few months because I didn't think that I would be able to change. I was so far gone with the way that I was tied to my devices and being productive. So I didn't tell him. Well, one day I finally got the courage after I was two months into it. And I said, hey, I've been doing this thing. (laughs) I'm calling it going hands-free but I've created these time increments each day where I completely push away all of my distractions including my impatience, my regret, all those feelings that keep us from being present and i've been connecting with the girls and you and he was he said you know it's really interesting because i've noticed something's different about you but i haven't been able to figure out what it is
1: wow well, that's amazing
2: it was it was really encouraging and so then he used one of my strategies and i'm saying you know this is not a distracted person but he was able to use one of my strategies that day with the girls at the science museum. And he came back and said, I did one of your strategies. And I can't tell you the last time I had such a good time with the girls. And so that was just that confirmation that this was something that really needed to be shared beyond my family. And I was a writer and an educator, so I thought, okay, I've got the skills for this. But I do get a lot of questions about what if your spouse is not on the same page as you with your boundaries, with technology. And just like when I talk about when you're helping your children, nobody wants to be told what to do, but it's very powerful for them to see what you are doing that is enhancing your life. And I do encourage you people that are finding beautiful results from letting go of their technology, putting their phone in the glove compartment, not taking it to dinner to verbalize how freeing it is to not have that phone. And I am always driving my family crazy with every research study that I read about the impact of the phone on people's lives. And they act like they're tired of it, but they do listen. And I noticed that it does shape their behavior. And just the other day, I told them about how there was this study done at a coffee shop where they had some participants had a phone on the table and others didn't. Well, of the people that had the phone on the table the quality of their conversations were much, much less rich because you know that when the phone beeps or dings, somebody's, they're just going to pick it up and you're going to get cut off. So the research was saying people aren't going as deep with their conversations anymore because of the phone and, that, and you're not even using the phone, just seeing the phone.
1: Yeah, and sometimes if I don't bring my phone, because I try to be very mindful about this, if I don't bring my phone out to dinner, but the people that I'm with have brought their phone, their phone just kind of distracts me, even if it's not going off, just the fact that it's sitting on the table. I feel that there's that distraction as well. But have you ever heard of people going out to dinner and everyone putting their phone in the middle of the table and saying, okay, we're not going to use our phones, but whoever uses the phone or whoever touches their phone first Mm -hmm. has to pay the check for everything.
2: And I, I love have, that. I have heard of that. It's wonderful. Yeah. That would be a great motivator. You know, whenever
0: right? I do that, Lisa and Emma get really mad. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because one of them is going to pay.
1: Oh, I love it. <laughs> because you have um, you have the ability to say, I'm not going to go on my phone and just put it in the middle. But they definitely feel like they have to touch so, their back. So,
0: look, and I will admit, I have always loved technology. I got my yes. first computer when I was you in fourth grade. You were such a
1: technology person. Yes.
0: I had smartphones before they were even available. I love gadgets and gizmos. And in the beginning of, I guess, that adoption phase, I was absolutely the person who had a phone out. And I was the person who went camping with the phone and could see the rainstorms coming in and quickly left campsite before we got (laughs) drenched. Um, You know, it it was funny. There was one time I, I was sitting there looking at my BlackBerry and Lisa, my wife, and a couple of her friends, they said, you know, Hey what what are you looking at I said oh it's raining and they looked up at the sky and it was not raining and within 30 seconds it just started pouring
2: Oh my gosh <sighs> and, wow. and
0: and and but there was this transition that's really slowly happened especially after emma got her first phone Mm -hmm. and you know she she, i think she got her first phone when she was in maybe sixth grade because she was playing softball and we had to go fetch her and we never knew when practice was going to end and Mm -hmm. so we got her a really basic phone but immediately because of the influence of the phones with lisa and emma I slowly changed my behavior and Mm -hmm. have learned to keep my phone in my pocket. I've learned to turn off notifications so that I don't get the dings. In fact, when I sit down with somebody for a cup of coffee, I generally let them know, hey, you know what? The only reason my phone is going to ding is if my wife or daughter need me. And I love you dearly, but my wife and daughter trump you. So, um, you know, somebody likes something that I posted on Facebook, I'm not going to know about it. Until I sit down at my computer and look. And that's
1: okay. You're not missing anything.
0: Right. And so when I, I've now started to have to model the behavior that I want Emma and Lisa to emulate, which is the death stare at dinner Mm -hmm. when one of them looks at their phone.
1: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Rachel, can you share some of your strategies with us so that some of our listeners can hear if maybe there's someone that they feel like they would like to make some changes, Mm -hmm. but they don't know how to start?
2: Yes. One of my favorite ones, and this is really easy, but it's hard if you've kind of gotten into bad habits with your distractions. Or really, this could be anything that is a barrier to connecting with your family. And that is anytime someone walks in the room or maybe returns from somewhere and comes through the door, always look up and look in their eyes and greet them. And that sounds so simple and it sounds so basic. But if you become aware, you'll realize that you're not always doing that. And in a matter of days, you can feel how doing that very frequently and consistently, it can repair maybe a rift that you've gotten or a gap that's there between you. So looking up, smiling, saying how glad you are to see them. That is so important. And also, please, when you are having your goodbyes and they're getting out of the car, say, I love you. Look them in the eyes. Don't be on the phone when someone's getting out of the car. Just think about how that would make you feel. If the person you love most in the world doesn't even say goodbye to you, I mean, I think people just take it for granted that, well, I've got this important call and my child will understand or my spouse will understand, but it does matter. So there are just certain times that you need to be distraction free. Those are two of those times. And I also think another great strategy to have is to have your undistracted rituals. So whether that's your morning breakfast time or that's your walking the dog or it's tucking him in bed, make that sacred. Make it so that child or that teenager or that spouse or that friend know when we are doing this, my mom or my dad or my aunt or my friend is not going to be distracted. They're going to be all there. And for my girls, it is absolutely one of those times that we don't let anything interfere is that tuck-in time. And my daughter, who's 15, my oldest daughter, she still to this day loves what she calls talk time. And we always have our talk time every night. And she just has come to know that that's our time. So undistracted daily rituals, figure one out and then guard it with your life.
1: Ooh, I love that. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: And go ahead, Garth.
0: I just wanted to share this story because it really cements what you just said about modeling behavior that you want others to kind of follow. Outside of writing the notes to Emma, there was a ritual that I established with Emma early on. And whenever I sent her off to school or if I was dropping her off, the last words I always said to her were be yourself, mm-hmm. and I kind of wanted her to understand that her dad was okay with the fact that she was maybe different from everybody else, right? Because we all are, right? Yeah, uh, it's like that saying, "You're unique, just like everybody else." Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, year over year over year, I kept saying this, and then when Emma got to middle school, we had to start carpooling because her middle school was an IB school. And so we didn't really have an easy bus to get her there. And so we were carpooling with some friends of ours who also had daughters that were going to the IB school. And so two or three times a week, I would take all three girls. And again, I didn't change the ritual. I said, be yourself, as they got out of the car. A couple of years after that, the oldest daughter, Caroline, was introducing me for a talk I was about to give. And she mentioned that that was something that stuck in her head about Mm -hmm. me and my relationship and what I wanted for Emma. And if you think about that, I mean, it was just two little words. But because I said it over and over again, these girls who weren't even my daughters were started to recognize that they were very important words and kind of Mm -hmm. looked forward to hearing those words as they got out of my car.
1: Oh, wow. That is beautiful. I love that. Definitely the power of rituals. And they'll remember that forever. Just like your daughter's going to remember that when she went to bed at night, you would come upstairs and you would have talk time. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's amazing because we want our kids to remember these beautiful special times that we tried to intentionally create for them and with them.
0: You know, one of the things that I'm always amazed when I read something that you've written is that because you're so in tune to being present and paying attention, you hear these sentences or, or you hear a sentence that your child utters. And many parents, that would kind of be just like a throwaway sentence or something that didn't really carry any weight but because you're present and you're paying attention, that sentence really kind of sparks something in your mind. And you think, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I can't believe that my daughter just said that. And it's so profound. And my daughter doesn't probably even realize how profound it was. And then you write about it and it's amazing.
2: Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I appreciate that.
1: And you can definitely tell the influence that you've had over your daughters in such a beautiful and positive way. And that's amazing.
2: I do. I do love um, what Garth said to Emma, be yourself. That's one of those ways of expressing unconditional love that you are okay and you are enough just as you are, which is so completely what society does not tell us. And, you know, that's also been a battle for me because I'm definitely a people pleaser and I grew up measuring myself by how much I accomplished, what did I look like? So it's very hard for me to let go of some of those things, but I knew I did not want to pass that on to my children. And so it is really, really neat to watch how they're both evolving as very, unique personalities. And in fact, my daughter, Avery, I call her a noticer because she really just is, is so in tune with the little details going on around her, The really the beautiful details of people and even things that they don't say that she can pick up on. And her teacher had called her distracted when she was in kindergarten. And I saw her face, when I read that to her on the report card because she insisted she wanted to know what did that say and I thought oh great I'm gonna have to say well you're distract, you know explain that but I said you are a noticer Avery and I never want you to stop noticing when grandpa needs someone to wait for him or when the cat has a running nose you know or when the waitress needs a hug and so it's amazing because now so she's 12 and she's a a guitar player. And she started to write her own music. And the other day she wrote the most amazing song. Like I was just a mess when she sang it to me. She, and it's called just be, and it's all about like, there's a couple lines. It's like, you know, so what if you don't get anything done? So what about success? Like just be, that's all you have to do. And I thought, wow, how powerful, I've been able to let go of these pressures on myself, which then ripple out to my children. And now she's kind of like saying, Hey world, I'm not going to go by your demands and your expectations. I'm going to live by heart. And so, you know, there's no telling what she's going to do with her life, but it's very exciting to watch.
1: (laughs) That's so beautiful. And she is very lucky to have you as a mom. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) You know, I just, I wanted to give you and, and our listeners a quick update only because I haven't really talked about how I'm handling Emma and her being off at college and how do I handle the napkin notes, especially now. And I will say that I had a plan that I was going to be doing over the summer that kind of fell through just because I had some health issues that came up. And so in the interim, I still have been writing notes. I've been leaving them either with her or in her dorm room. So when we dropped her off, I tucked a bunch of notes under her teddy bear's arms. And then when we went up for Parents Weekend about 10 or so days ago, I had brought notes to last her through today, which is when she's coming home for fall weekend break. And Emma called me on Monday and she shared something with me, which it made me feel good. But again, it was one of those, hey, you know what, this simple ritual is really the right thing for her and me. And what I had done is I had dated the notes because I wanted her to read the last one today because it it commented about her coming home and how excited I was to see her. And I didn't want her to accidentally read it out of order. And she said that she had put the notes beside her bed so that she could read the note first thing in the morning and that was the first thing that she wanted to be able to do to kind of start her day and that was her ritual but she had to move the notes because she was she didn't trust herself to not read ahead
1: Aww. Aww.
0: and so i mean if you think about that these i mean again you know I, I keep going back to these these notes are are disposable notes right they're written on napkins they're meant to be used All during school, they would come back soiled with peanut butter or coffee or salad dressing, and many of them got thrown away. And now Emma's at the point in her life where this is such an established ritual that she can't trust herself to not read ahead.
2: Mm, Wow, that's
1: beautiful. It shows you that it doesn't matter if you are writing on a cheap napkin. It's really not about that. It's about the connection that you have with your daughter and the connection that you have, Rachel, with your daughters. And And I have two daughters as well. And so it's just letting people know how much you care, taking the time to tell people how much they mean to you. And I think what Emma loves about starting her day off with your note is just having you be there for her to start her day and for her to kind of have a little bit of a glimpse of you in her day. And I think that's so beautiful.
0: Well, just like we, we were talking about before and how these notes really have come to kind of symbolize an unconditional love, which is so hard for kids to understand mm-hmm. because so much of what their life is early on is reward based. You get the gold star, you get the lollipop, right? Right. So these notes are there regardless of what Mm -hmm. Emma has done or hasn't done. Mm -hmm. And I tried to explain unconditional love to her early on and and even as a teenager. And it was just so hard because I kept saying, Emma, I can't love you anymore. And she would look at me like, dad, what do you mean you can't love me anymore? And I'm like, I can't love you any less. I just love you. That's what unconditional love is. Mm -hmm. And I don't even know at 19, she would quite get that yet. I think that you have to have a little bit more maturity to really comprehend what that means. One of the things we do on the Thrive Podcast is every week I talk about a note that I've written to Emma. And oddly enough, this note I wrote just about a year ago today. And I thought it was a perfect note in honor of our guest. And the note says, Dear Emma, do more things that make you forget to check your phone.
1: Mm, that's perfect I
2: love that so much yes those are the things that make your soul feel alive I love it
0: You know, one of the things I found really funny is as Emma was getting ready to graduate last year, she was also getting ready to have her last softball game. They asked us to provide pictures of Emma playing softball because they were going to be putting banners up for the the seniors who are graduating. And I had very few pictures of Emma playing softball because I was watching the game.
2: Oh, that's very, very important.
0: And so I had to rely on pictures from other people that I happened to oh. be able to, to notice, oh, there's there's number five, that's Emma. Okay, let's grab that picture.
2: Wow.
1: Well, and if you're not on your phone at a lot of games, for example, then and you, because you're trying to watch the game and you're being present, then you might not even have it with you to even take the pictures. I find that happens to me a lot because I wanna go somewhere, I don't wanna be on my phone, so I might leave my phone in the car, but then I can't take a picture because I don't have my phone with me. Mm-hmm. So. But then you can take a picture with your mind and that's so better. <laughs> Never regret it. A hundred percent. Rachel, something that we always do on the Thrive Podcast is we ask our guests to share with us a thriving tip. And for those listeners who are new to the podcast, a thriving tip is a little nugget of goodness that you can take with you that maybe will cause you to think about something in your life. So you've given us so much to already think about, Rachel, but do you have one special little thriving tip that you could give our listeners?
2: So one of my favorite thriving tips is called the heartbeat check. And I started doing this early on in my hands-free journey when I was trying to reestablish that connection with my kids and not just kind of even a physical connection, because I feel like in our hurried lives, there's not a lot of that touch. And so I thought, well, what could I do that would, you know, kind of help us reestablish that? And so I started putting my head on their chest, I would say, can I listen to your heart for a minute? And they were like seven and nine, I think when I started this and I would tell them what I would hear. And I would kind of interpret their heartbeat, you know, like, oh, it's racing really fast. It must be because today when you were at swim team, you were going so fast and you were kicking your legs, you know. So they knew that I had been watching them. Avery, she's my musician, you know, she would say, what does it sound like? And then she would say like, oh, that sounds like the new Nicki Minaj song or something. <laughs> and you would end up just cracking up. Well, Natalie's so serious and always worried about the state of the world and, you know, what she can do. So our heartbeat checks would usually get bring serious, you know, issues to, to her, to to the forefront. But I, I wrote about it in one of my books, Enhance Free Life, and I have heard from a lot of people who started this ritual and to thrive. They have shared that it helps them also just have that moment of restoration and and just a moment to breathe. And I almost think it's like almost meditative, really, Um, because, you know, when do you really slow down, close your eyes, just listen to the sound of your breathing. And many people have shared that they do it with their spouses, you know, so it's like, it's not just for you to do with your kids. You can do it with your spouse. And one woman said that she was just showing her husband how to do it because she was going to be gone one night. And they ended up having this moment that brought them both to tears mm-hmm. because they just hadn't shared that closeness in a long time. And so I just, I just feel like we are hungry for these moments of stillness and silence. When we shut out the world and we don't listen to their expectations, their demands, their opinions, because we can really hear noise 24-7 if we wanted to. So we have to be so mindful and intentional about saying, no, this is my time. I am worthy of showing up for the skill moments in my life as much as I'm worthy to show up for my product driven moments you know we need those times and nobody's going to give it to us we have to give it to ourselves
1: that is so perfectly said thank you I think everyone will benefit from hearing that that was beautiful tell us where our listeners can find you so they can find me on my blog handsfreemama.com
2: and I also have some amazing online communities called the hands Free revolution, and that's on Facebook and Instagram. And then I also have an online course that I have at least once a year. It's coming out again in January. It's called Soul Shift. And if you really want someone to kind of help you step by step become less distracted, more present, and more joyful about your life, then soul shift would be really helpful.
1: Amazing. Thank you so much for being here today. I loved every minute of it.
0: (laughs) I have to say before we, uh, before Dara and I say our goodbyes, when I went to my bookshelf and literally I know Dara and you can see my bookshelf, there's only a handful of books on there, maybe 20 or 30 at most. And I put them because I'm kind of a geek, I put them in height order. So I had Mm -hmm. to grab, grab from a couple of different places. And I had forgotten that because I, I normally keep all of my handwritten notes in a separate space but I had forgotten as I was paging through one of the books earlier that in one of the books I have a handwritten note from you and I started Mm. bawling my eyes out just I I didn't even read I couldn't even read what was there just the fact that there was a handwritten note from you and and I just want to I want to thank you for all of the influence that you've had within me as a dad and as a person and my life is so much better because of you
2: thank you Mm -hmm. you're very
0: welcome I am Garth Callahan the original Napkin Notes Dad you can find out more about me at napkinnotesdad.com or on any of your favorite social media platforms
1: I'm Dara Kurtz creator of crazyperfectlife.com and we will see you next time thanks for being here
0: thanks for listening Thrive is created by Dara Kurtz of Crazy Perfect Life and Garth Callahan the Napkin Notes Dad with the hope that we help you develop motivation and inspiration to make your life remarkable
1: it would mean so much to us if you shared this with your friends and family and left us a review on iTunes. Remember, you deserve to thrive. Thrive Podcast is copyrighted by Darren and Garth.